training when you're an athlete. You gotta have a goal, you gotta have a target. If you wanna disciple other people, just like Ignatius, we were shooting to get to state, um, you know, we had to train hard, but that was our goal. So now that I'm in the word with you and you, you are discipling me, um, what, what I found is, is that's the goal. And, and to be able to do that, you, you have to uh, know the word, you have to be in the word regularly um, you know, to do that. So um, it's kind of like uh, discipling other people really allows you to get into the word um, and, uh, and understand it and stay focused. Otherwise, you know, you can't disciple anybody. Yeah, I mean, how this is why we don't have a victorious Christian life. This is for all of us. Jesus uh, says in, in Matthew chapter 7 about the wise builder, he says the wise builder builds his house on stone. Well, the stone there is, he says, those that hear my word and obey my word. Yeah. And he says, if you build your house on sand, in other words, don't hear my word, don't obey my word, when temptations come and storms and everything, it blows away. Hence your survey. Doesn't mean these people aren't Christians, but no. they're not effectual because they don't know what they believe and they can't share that with other people. Right. You can't share what you don't have. Right. So one of the reasons we have this radio show is for the equipping uh, of the saints, that we can all get stronger and then we can have special guests on that specialize in a given area of apologetics or a ministry or to explain things better. But the purpose is to bring clarity uh, to the Word of God. How does this yeah. impact my life? And so it just happens we, what we're looking at today is one of the most foundational pillars is the deity of Jesus Christ. Who do you say that I am? That to me is the most important question ever asked on this planet is when Jesus turned to Peter and says, who do you say that I am? And number two, that leads us into the discussion of the Trinity. And all of these implications are very serious as we move forward. And as with Timothy, what are we passing to the next generation? What truths are we passing? Are we not passing truths? Are we giving them error? Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things the article touches on, that when a majority of these Christians go and explain their faith, they're actually quoting stuff in error, which is, which is to your point. So um, the only way I know to resolve it is to have good people around, like, you know, I'm blessed to have you uh, walking next to me, and I'm blessed to be on the show because it, it allows me uh, to, to look at the word every week where in a lot of cases I wouldn't be. Uh, and it's very hard, especially when you get pushed to do everything you need to do. We're digressing a little bit outside of what we want to talk about, but not really because the theme here is the Trinity, but also the fact that we are called to do discipleship. And by doing discipleship, we want to make sure we communicate the, the right uh, conversation when it comes to the, the deity of Christ, the Trinity, and our, our Christian faith. And so that, that's it's, it's all what we're talking about today, the whole thing. So it, with that, John, why don't we continue where we left off from last week? Yeah, so with Christmas, again, coming just a little bit over a month, we look for the deity of Jesus Christ, not just in the New Testament, but the Old Testament. And here's what he says in the last book of the Old Testament, which is the book of Malachi. It says in chapter 3, Behold, this is very important when God says behold, that means take notice or this is big what I'm going to tell you here. Behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. Well, this is clearly an indication of John the Baptist. We know this from Isaiah chapter 40. I, God, send my messenger, he will prepare the way before me, God. What's John going to do? He's going to preach a message of repentance. Get ready, get ready, get ready. 
God is going to be in your midst, i.e. the Messiah, Jesus. And then it says, the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And of course, that's what Jesus does. He comes to his temple at, even as a child in the terms of his uh, dedication when Mary and Joseph brought him. He's there at age 12 teaching the elders. Remember when he was left behind, so to speak? Yeah. And then he comes suddenly and throws away the money changers. He teaches in the temple. He does all kinds of things. But then it says in verse, uh, the, continuing in that verse, even the messenger of the covenant. Well, he's the bringer of the new covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of the hosts. So they had this anticipation that the Lord was going to be coming. Now, that, that closes the Old Testament. So they always have this idea, one day the Lord's going to come. Before he comes, he's going to send somebody to prepare the way before him. And that's why there were people like Anna and others, uh, Zechariah and others, that were looking for this coming one. And they, they said, you're the one. You know, when he finally, 400 years later. So what I'm getting at, David, is this is clearly God in the Old Testament appearing in time and space in the person of Jesus Christ. And we looked at it last week in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, that one day God would pour out his Holy Spirit upon all of Israel. And it says there, they will look upon me, God, whom they have pierced. And they will cry as one cries for their only son. Well, when was God pierced? I mean, this is, this is language there. If anyone wants to see it, it's a clear indication of this coming one who would be pierced, yeah. i.e. Jesus. Right. You, you know, John, uh, one of the scriptures that I, I pulled up for today is one that I think shows one person speaking to another. Um, to have eternal life is to know two persons, both the Father and Jesus, but they're speaking as one. It's in John 14, 6 through 7. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Uh, I, you know, so, so for me, that's, uh, that really solidifies, you know, it's just another verse where Jesus is purely, uh, you know, trying to get across the fact that he is God. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. And, and again, he didn't hide this. Even from the beginning... Uh, in Mark chapter 2, when he heals that crippled man, uh, they bring him in, remember, down through the roof. Right. But before he heals this crippled man, he says, your sins are forgiven. Right. Well, it, to, everybody standing around, they knew only God could forgive sins because you sin, you offend God. You trespass against God. That's why Jesus says, when you pray, pray, forgive us our trespasses. So they said, how can you, a man, forgive sins? You see, are yeah. you claiming to be God? And then Jesus says, what's easier for me to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? And he says, get up and walk. So his miracles validated his deity. He, right. he know, they know what he's saying. Uh -huh. He knows what he's saying, believe me. And that's why what Jesus says in John chapter 8, before Abraham was, I am. Yes. Well, that's title of God. That's the very name that God used right. at the burning bush. And it says, they pick up stones and want to stone him. He says, what good work are you stoning me for? He says, no good work, but thou being a man, maketh yourself to be God. This is the most important issue, David, yes. as we go into this Christmas season. Who is Jesus? Yeah. My, my challenge uh, to people that I encounter, of course, I've been involved in missions in Asia and conferencing here and debates there, but is if he's not God, who is he? 
you would never have a prophet. You would not have Moses, Isaiah, or Elijah saying, I'm one day coming back on clouds of glory to judge all humanity. Jesus says that. You would not have him say, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath, as Jesus says in Matthew chapter 13. God established the Sabbath, not you know, man. You know, right. you would not have, I could forgive sins. He receives worship. You would not have him say, uh, where two or three are gathered together, I'm in the midst of you. Really? Yeah. I mean, would Isaiah ever say that to his followers? Oh, no. You know, no. would he say, go preach this gospel to the ends of the world, and, and lo, I'm with you always? Yeah. I mean, right. who's with us always? Yeah. Only God is with us yeah. always. So what I'm saying, David, as you start layering it and see how God reveals in a progressive fashion, mm -hmm. that's the way God, all nature is, is processed. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't all of a sudden put a seed in the ground and the next day it's a 30-foot apple tree. It unfolds. It takes root. It sprouts. It grows. It's it's a small tree. It's a sapling. And then it starts leaves. And then before you know it, it's got a thousand apples on yeah. it. So, there's, so too the Word of God, it unfolds. It unfolds until you come to the full, the fullness or the noonday, if you will, of Revelation, which is the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and so, John, you know, um, there, I, I had a couple quotes where I can see where some people may get confused when they take a look at a quote like this. Um, and I think that the challenge is not to look at it in isolation from the others. Um, 1 Timothy 2.5, New International Version, says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. Right. So, you know, maybe you can speak to that, but uh, as we look further back, we know that he is uh, both God and man. Yeah, God right. incarnated. So, you know, maybe you can touch on that, this verse where you where you read stuff that says he's man, Christ Jesus, and people say he's not, he's not deity. Well, yeah, I mean, again, you take in all the verses. What Paul says, I preach to you the whole counsel of God. In other words, the whole revelation of God. So what's going on there is there's... He is the mediator. To have a mediator, uh, an angel couldn't do it. Um, uh, an animal couldn't do it. You understand? Yeah. Because it was lost through man, the first Adam, Jesus is called the last Adam in 1 Corinthians 15 and also in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, that is our mediator, the humanity of Christ. Because why? He had to suffer and die. He had to bleed. Mm -hmm. We needed a man, but we needed a perfect man. We needed the God-man. So he is that man in his humanity that's dying for us. You understand? Yeah. So he, he's that linkage, if you could say that, between God the Father and humanity. And that's why when you quote John 14, 6, where it says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father. That, that's right. that man. That, that's Jesus uh -huh. establishing that linkage, that very connection, good. if I can yeah, say that. very good. So, it, it, you know, as you look through the Scripture... And we'll come back to this, but <clears throat> Jesus establishes God among us. That's what Emmanuel means. I mean, yeah. God with us. Uh, you'll see this uh, when Jesus makes these proclamations. Again, the fact that he, he'll say some places, Moses said to you, but I say unto you. See, well, they knew Moses was got revelation from God, but Jesus is trumping that. Jesus is surpassing that. Moses said to you, thou shalt not kill. But I say to you, if you harbor in your heart, Hatred to your brother you've killed. So he, he elevates the law, so to speak. Uh, it, it's really incredible. The Old Testament says God's word is eternal. But Jesus says, 
my words, uh, see, yeah. have, are eternal. The words I tell you, though heaven and earth pass away, they'll last. So as you study the scripture, it unfolds the revelation of who God is. Does anybody understand this completely 100%? No, no. Yeah. because there's mystery involved here. Oh, yeah. And that's why it'll say in Isaiah, as God's ways are higher than our ways, so God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We are finite. God is infinite. We must always remember that. We are finite beings. God is infinite. But God has chosen to reveal those things he wants us to know. Yeah. yeah. That's why Francis Schaeffer, the famous theologian, would say, God is and he is not silent. Yeah. In other words, he has revealed what he wants us to know. And Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, the secret things of God belong to him and him alone. But those things he has revealed to us, he has revealed to us and to our children. So he has revealed. Quite honestly, if you're a Christian filled with the Holy Spirit in the Word of God, and you have good teachers, pastors, you know a lot. Mm -hmm. You understand things about God, his attributes. You understand things about yourself, about your soul, how to pray. You understand things about the angelic realm. You understand things about the demonic realm. Right. You understand things about spiritual warfare. You understand a lot. Do you understand? We don't we don't realize how highly resourced we are sometimes. Mm -hmm. Wanda, you, did you want to you want to hear anything? You want that to? is so powerful, John, that you were sharing. We don't realize the power that we mm. carry so in, in our backpacks. We have we have all the tools like for certain tests in school. You need your pencils, you need your you need your scratch paper, and then you have your answer sheet. But if you're, you don't reach into that backpack and pull out your pencil, you don't have the instrument. Right. And that, that one thing will completely deter you from administering or taking the test, and you won't have any results. Exactly. If you just pull out the instrument that you need, and our instrument, prayer, faith, consistently walking with the Lord, right. makes a total difference. Even just getting up a few minutes early before starting our day, I notice so it's a difference of night and day when I get up and give the Lord time in prayer before I leave, start my day. My entire day flows differently. Mm -hmm. And you can feel it. You, and it's not a feeling. We walk by faith. But you can feel the covering of the Holy Spirit because you've given him that time. Yeah. Those resources, those instruments that we just apply and he'll take it from there. Good it makes point. a world Good. of difference. Yeah, that idea of tools. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you had to cut down a forest, you could use a handsaw. You could do it. Yeah. You know, you take you a while, it's going to be very laborious. Yeah. Or you can get a chainsaw and learn how to use it. Yeah. Which do you want? Right. It's the same way with God's Word, which Wanda just said. It's like a tool in your backpack. Absolutely. So what are good teachers doing? They're putting tools in your yes. backpack. That's all. Mm -hmm. You want to use scissors? You can cut your lawn. You can mm -hmm. cut your back. You can cut your lawn with a pair of scissors. Yeah. Or you can get an electric lawnmower. <laughs> you can get a seated lawnmower. Put gas in it. Let it do the work. Yeah. I always say, you can cross Lake Erie in a rowboat to Canada. You can do it. Yeah. People mm -hmm. have done it. You're going to be tired, frustrated. Mm -hmm. Or you can hoist a little sail up, set the rudder, catch the wind, and get over there. Get over there. You're going to get to the other side, right? right? Which is going to be a better ride? Yeah. That's like us. We hoist the sail. That's the yes. Holy Spirit. We yeah. set the rudder. That's our will. Yeah. He'll get us to the other side. That's good. How do you want to go? How do you want to go? <laughs> Absolutely. Go on, uh, John, you know, um, one of the things for me personally, which helps me understand these, these verses better, mm -hmm. is the fact that I look at what he's done in my life. Yes. And this is all about a relationship. It's a relationship, for instance, like I have with you, John. 
I trust you that you're teaching me the right words. I trust you that you have me down the right path because I trust you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've seen how it's impacted my life. I trust Wanda with stuff I tell her because we have relationships. And I trust her background and Mm -hmm. her teachings Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. As I started to get into this, I realized we, you know, once I started trusting Christ is the Son of God. Yes. And He is God and man. Mm -hmm. Everything opened up for me. Mm -hmm. And then I started to see how that influenced my life where I start to see things happening that I never could have done on my own. Yes. Very supernatural Absolutely. outcomes of things that I was praying for. Yeah. So even though I'm not sitting here and Christ isn't across the table from me, mm-hmm. I'm starting to trust that relationship. Mm-hmm. So I trust what God tells me in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Just like I trust you, John, when you steer me down a path and say, think about that, Dave, pray on it. Yes. It's about trusting the relationship too. And I think... Uh, the listeners out there, once you get to that point, when you start writing down the good things happening Absolutely. in your life, sure. then you'll start to trust the relationship. Then you start to trust the word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to your point, you you were raised in a religious home. I was raised in a religious home. I knew about Jesus. Yeah. But I didn't know Jesus. Yeah. Mm. See, I yeah. knew about Jesus, but yeah. I didn't know Jesus, mm. and that was critical. Now. I'm obsessed, I, if I can use that word, because he's always in my mind. Right. You know, I think about him, we talk yeah. about him, I want to learn about him, I want to share about him. And because why? He died for me. He, he we're going to talk about this next mm-hmm. week when we look yeah. at the wounds of Jesus. But, I mean, he was tortured, he was put to shame, he was, he was perfect, he was sinless, mm-hmm. I was the sinner. You know, why did he do that all for me? And the more I contemplate that, the more I'm overwhelmed by his love. Yes. And having received that, look, look what I, look, it says in Corinthians, he who knew no sin became sin mm. for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. Look what I gave him. Sin, shame, wasted years, wickedness, iniquity, all this. I, I put it all on Jesus, mm-hmm. right? What did yes. he give me? Forgiveness, yes. peace, yes. Holy yes. Spirit, yes. illuminate the word of God, yes. fellowship with yes. brothers and sisters yes. around the world. You know, yes. I travel. Yeah. Uh, he's building me a home in heaven. Yes. Well. It took him six days to build this universe. He's had over 2,000 years. You think we're going to have a nice home in heaven? <laughs> what, I, what I'm getting at, do you see what he's given us? Every yeah. Day? And then to give us the capacity right. that the words we speak to people we meet or family members yes. can change them for eternity. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That That's a gift. That's, yes. We right. have nothing to do with it other yeah. than to be prepared vessels. Yeah. But to know that... You can speak words or live a life, uh-huh. and you can touch somebody's life, and you change the whole trajectory yeah. of their life and probably their family's yes. life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, John, you know, um, just to extend what you said, in Paul's words in Philippians uh, 2, 5 through 8, uh, he talks about the deity of Jesus, but also the distinct personhood of the Son prior to his incarnation. Mm-hmm. And it says here, in your relationship with one another, one another have the same mindset is Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, mm-hmm. did not consider equality with God mm-hmm. something to be used to his own advantage. Mm-hmm. This is where the love comes in. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming an obedient to death, even death on a cross. Mm. If, if God's coming down for me, mm-hmm. and he's going to do that, because that's the only way my sins are going to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know, we watched the movie on Martin Luther, who was alive, you know, 500 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he started to look at, uh, you know, um, the, the Christian faith. 
and he realized that, that we could have a personal relationship with Jesus. And regardless of what the enemy tells us, you know, you, you're a loser, you know, you're a failure, look at all the sins you've done. He said, go ahead and say, so what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that. Mm -hmm. But Christ died for my sins. Right. I'm renewed. I couldn't do it on my own. I know that. Thanks for reminding me. Absolutely. That's why God's <laughs> yeah, okay. son came down. Right. And so, you know, the, the, the funny part about Martin Luther is what I was thinking about it. When he had so much to do every day, like you brought up, Wanda. Yes. He said, oh, my gosh, I got so much to do like everybody else. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to pray for four hours today yeah, before right. I start my day. Mm -hmm. Because that's the importance of prayer, too, and we've seen it. But listen, when you hear that kind of quote, for me, the doors flew off, and mm. I started to get it. I never really looked at the words this right, way, John, right, right. until we've been on our adventure together. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And, and two, once we came together, you, made, you, you both made a statement. You were around the, the, the things of God, but had not fully given mm -hmm. But I had, remember, yeah. I, I was, yeah. my mom and dad were saved and Holy Spirit filled and walking in the word and leaders in the church 10 years before I was born. Mm. I was born into it. But it has been the last few years since meeting with you. I know the Lord has connected, allowed me, he ordained that I be connected with you mm. too. And there are certain ones that are here that my faith has gone from one spot to another spot. Wow, we all have wonderful. faith, yeah. but there are levels of faith. Yeah. And there's so many stories that we all share. Mm. And it, it's, this, this show is more than just a show. There are things that happen in my life, and I can't wait to get here on Saturdays to share what the Lord has done. Yeah. But because... Before we go on the air, we pray together, right. and we pray for one another, yeah. and we pray with one another, and the Lord comes in and shows manifestation, yeah. and the, and my journey mm -hmm. has been different. Wow! And so it's not That's so wonderful. when you. I want Praise those God. who are listening. Yeah. If you are around the church or around Christianity and weren't fully, don't beat yourself up. I was. But my faith walk has intensified because of the people that God has put in my life wow. in just the fa past few yeah. years. Yeah. And I'm in my 40s. Well, right. <laughs> the, the, well, I'm so glad you yeah, said that's that very good, Wanda. Audience, I mean, Wanda. we serve a God Thank of new beginnings. Thanks for saying that. Just what it is. God, yeah. And his mercies are new every morning. And he wants. Yeah. This is the. the I, I always tell people in my travels. Never minimize the power of fellowship. Absolutely. You see, here, look what Jesus gave us. Yeah. I just went through a couple of the things, right? Yeah. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us forgiveness. He gave us peace. He gave our names. But he gave us each other. Yes. And if, if you are, a, uh, if we have the same father, by definition, that makes us brothers and sisters. Yeah. And we must never minimize the power of fellowship where two or three are gathered yeah. together. Well, somebody might say, well, Jesus is everywhere. He's omniscient. He's, he's omnipresent. He's God. Yes. But there's a special presence uh, that he that comes to the table when you are in Christ Jesus. And, and he talks yes. about that. Yeah. You see, he talks about that actually in, in the Old Testament. Uh -huh. But it's that idea that he wants us to, as Wanda says, why? Because we strengthen each other. And then when somebody gives a testimony like the sale of a house or a breakthrough with mm -hmm. a, a child or an open door for employment or what we call manifestations or visible seeing something. Um, 
th then we praise God for that. But if you look at Malachi chapter 3, verse 16, this is the last chapter in the Old Testament. And 316 is always easy to remember. That's what the guys are holding up in the football stand. You know, John 316, but this is Malachi. <laughs> but if you look at that slowly, look what that says. This promise, Malachi chapter 3, three verse 16. 16. Yes. If you read that one. Sure. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to one another, one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. Okay, this is what we're doing here at the radio station. What are we doing? We are coming together and we're speaking to one another Absolutely. about the Lord. But yes. he's saying, I listen to what you guys are saying. I heard. So we got another listener. We don't realize he's listening to us. But look at the promise he gives on verse 17. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. See this? Hmm. He, all he's saying is when you get together, talk about me, talk about and then I'm going to listen to you, I'm going to hear you, and then he says, that has an eternal effect. You're going to yes. be part of my jewels. You're going to be, you know, yes. it goes into eternity. Because we're discussing eternal matters mm -hmm. here. Yeah. When you talk about the Word of God, you're dealing with eternity. Mm -hmm. This is hard, yeah. you know, high wattage, right. high voltage stuff. <laughs> so that's, to come back again when we yeah. think about the person of Jesus Christ and then how that went into the Trinity, David, we looked at a couple things. Number one, when you were in chapter 14, uh, of course, this is the Holy Spirit uh, chapter as well as chapter 16. But look at chapter 16 just for a moment. Uh, wait, wait, where are we uh, The Gospel of John. John. Okay. I'm just going back to how you opened up about the deity and then the Trinity of Jesus Christ. Okay. But notice a couple things like in John chapter 16, verse 13. Okay, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Notice a couple things. It says he, he. It's a person. Yeah. Some, some false religions will say he's a force, like uh, gravity yes. or magnet. No, he's a person, mm -hmm. he. And then it will say in Ephesians, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Mm. Well, how can I grieve gravity? Or how can I grieve, you know, this is a person. But he's coming and he's going to stay with us continually. Well, who can come and stay with everybody, all the believers in, in, in you know, yeah. how many is that? A, a billion, two billion? <laughs> he's going, but he's going to guide you into all truth. Of course, Jesus, while he was here on earth, was guiding us into all truth. He's called the truth. But do you see these attributes that start getting yes, layered in with the Holy Spirit? He's called the Comforter. Yes. yes. So all these qualities. Well, people say, well, he's getting his authority from Jesus. What they don't understand about the Trinity is there's relationship in the Trinity. Absolutely. doesn't mean that they're not equal. Mm -hmm. It just means they're different roles. Yes. For example, when God says in the garden, uh, let us yes. make man in our, our image, yes. that's Elohim. Mm. And see... L is God, El Shaddai, L is God. When you put an I am, I am at the end of a spiritual being like cherub, cherubim, that's plural. Seraph, that's a high angel. Seraphim, it pluralizes. But it's one. He says, then he made, God, made man in his image. And, okay, so you have this hint of plurality within the singularity of God. There's one God, but there's some type of relationship going on there. So when he makes man in his image, and he makes woman, he says, he says, the two shall become one. Right. Yes. And when they conceive, 
with a child at that moment in oneness, how many persons are present? Three, Three but yeah. they're one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now look. Yeah. Now watch this. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. They're equal in personhood. That the man is as, uh, the the woman has as much authority, so to speak, in 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 personhood and value as the child. The child as much as the man. No mm -hmm. one. They're all. But they're different in roles. They're different in in function. Uh, mm -hmm. The husband provides and protects. The 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 mother uh, wife nurtures. And God, the, 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 the child obeys and respects. It, it, it works in love. Mm. See, so when you get to 1 John chapter 4 and it says God is love, how can he be love? Not, it doesn't say he, God is loving. It says he is love. Mm. How can you have love without relationships? Right? And doesn't it make sense at the highest oh, yeah. place of all, sure. there's some kind of relational yeah. thing going yes. on here, i.e. Trinity, right. where they're loving. Yeah. And therefore, for God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten. Yeah. Jesus pays the price on the cross. He said, it's, it's important for me to go away that I might send the Holy Spirit. And yeah. so they're all working yeah. in perfect yeah. loving relationship. Absolutely. So the Trinity is a mystery. We are allowed to see part of it. Okay. Yes. Anyone that thinks they want all of it, like I said before, my old preacher friend says, he says, I don't know how a brown cow eats green grass it gives white milk, but I like vanilla milkshakes. <laughs> I don't understand Jeff, mystery. With red blood. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. I don't understand mystery. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. There is mystery, and we have to... I don't understand... Yeah. We, if we're really honest, we don't really understand ourselves totally. No. Absolutely. There's mystery mm -hmm. involved in memory, imagination, mm -hmm. our soul, our mm -hmm. life, our past, present. We, we're mysteries under ourselves. And poets and saints acknowledge this, that there's yes. a mysterious quality to everyday life. Yeah. You know, we throw something in the backyard, put it in the yard the size of a marble. Oh, in 30 yeah. years, that thing is three times the size. Yes. We go to sleep at night, and for eight hours, who's running this whole thing? Absolutely. Heartbeat. This, but yet, in your deepest sleep, if you, if you smell a little smoke or you hear a little sound, alert, alert, yeah. alert. Yeah. That just yeah, didn't happen. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's mystery involved with life. And when you come to the deepest truths of God, the deity of Jesus Christ, the Trinity, they can be, in a limited sense, understood. Yeah. Can they be fully understood? No. Okay. What I tell my friends is don't try to get all your answers answered. Just get enough of them answered that you can get in the door. Yeah. And then that's why St. Augustine says, do not seek to know that you might believe, but rather believe that you might know. Yeah. yeah. See, I like that. You know, they say in Missouri, what do they say? Uh, seeing is believing. Right. right? Sure. No, that's not true. Yeah. Believing is seeing. That's <laughs> why when you pray, Wanda, you yes. say, we pray yes. that it might be manifested. Yeah. Well, we bring faith to that prayer that one day we literally, yes. the job opening, the house yes. sells, yes. the child returns home. That's yeah. the manifestation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, John, uh, one of the things you brought up is I never really looked at the fact that there was a, um, a, a trinity, a family, in heaven and that's really what god has created with our own christian families i never really looked at it that way mm. i just I, I was more focused on uh christ jesus becoming man but i didn't really look at the fact god was duplicating the love that he had mm. all those years before before planet earth and the universe was formed mm -hmm. you, you know the question i i still have you know my eyes are wide open here i'm in the candy store and my eyes are wide mm -hmm. open you know, wh why did all of a sudden he say, you know, I I'm going to create the earth? But you, you know that they had all that love before, you know, before earth was created. And then at some point, 
they just decided, you know what, let's share the love. You bring up a good point. <laughs> because Trinity, I mean, what? God was complete in I'd its... I'd like to have been up there to hear okay. that conversation. God was complete in itself. You bring up a good point, David. Yeah. Because he was complete. He, he, mm-hmm. he, he has no necessity. He doesn't need something uh-huh. to complete himself. But love has a tendency to express itself. That's why you a couple, That's a, a married couple, quote unquote, does not necessarily need to have a baby. Right. But what the baby does, in a sense, is it extends their love, mm-hmm. and in the process, hopefully, reflects that love back. Oh to my them. gosh, That's a That's great way to look what, at it. Yeah. What is God doing with us here now? Yeah. Here's the real story of the Bible. You got an all holy God created creatures in His image. There's no. Uh, star system or animal that's mm-hmm. created mm-hmm. in the image of God, but human beings are. He wanted to have a loving relationship. We turned our back on God. We went the whole yeah. other direction. The whole plan from chapter 2 of Genesis to 21 of Revelation is how all holy God can be reconciled in a loving relationship with a sinful, wicked man mm-hmm. without violating any of God's attributes of love, mercy, holiness, righteousness, justice, all of those things. Mm-hmm. And that's why the symbol of the Christian faith is a cross. Mm. Why? Because the cross shows the depths of man's sins, but the heights of God's love. Wow. Amen. Wow, that's, that's why you great. have the beam coming down like that. Wow. And the I cross like that. Being I gotta like remember that, that one. <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> just saying. That's, no, that, just, that's beautiful, and that's a great way to teach it. It's too. a love story. It sure it is. is. Are you kidding? It, because at the end, he yeah. says, it, it says in chapter 21 of Revelation, three times in one verse, God is now with man. He's with man. He's mm-hmm. dwelling with man. If you love somebody, mm-hmm. spouse, child, friend, old teammates, whatever, mm-hmm. you want to be with them. Mm-hmm. Your, your love draws you. You want, And when you're separated, you feel mm-hmm. separated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same thing with us with God. Absolutely. But be, even in our fallen nature, we have this uh, compass in us that's always trying to point north. You know, we, we know there's more to life than this. Yeah. Yes. There's something transcendent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we don't know how to get there. Yeah. So we look here, yeah. look there, yeah. fill it with this. It's That's why St. Augustine will say, our hearts are restless, O Lord, mm. until they find their rest in thee. Yes. You, you know, John, mm. in, in church a couple weeks ago, I think mm-hmm. it was, Wanda, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Brady was, they had a video of Tom Brady after mm-hmm. he won his third Super Bowl now. So that was a little dated because mm-hmm. he's obviously won more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's a guy that, you know, seems like he has the perfect family. Mm-hmm. He has all the material wealth. He has the fame. He's good looking. His wife's good looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's been fairly good in terms of what he does at home. You haven't heard too much on him. And he said, I- I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking, what else is there? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, when you take a look at the people out there that achieve fame, as you brought up, John, that they ask the question, but if they don't have the faith, they don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and we are like Christ in, in the fact that we have some, uh, you know, creative skills. We like to invent things mm-hmm. like he did, but we're also very curious. Yes. And so if you don't take that curiosity and put it into the word and understanding your faith, you're going to do something else with it. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, Tom Brady um, is still searching. I, I hope he finds God mm-hmm. soon so that we don't see negative things come into right. his life. And that's where the enemy goes. But this whole loving relationship before the earth was was formed, I never really looked at it that way, John. Right. And so you're right. Maybe the, uh, the outcome of it is God's love and mm-hmm. wanting to share that Absolutely. love that they all had in heaven together. So question, is, is the Holy Spirit like the woman in a relationship? Well, <laughs> really, you, my wife asked me that. I was like, you know, that's an interesting way to look at it. How do you look at that? Well, I mean, you I don't, don't know. because the Bible is not clear about that. Right. We don't know right. exactly. But what we do know is that 
Look, you touch on a good point. Everything God made is for, for a purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, everything man yeah. makes, because right. man is made in the image of God, is right. for a purpose. This microphone here is for a purpose. Mm -hmm. That cup there is for a purpose, to mm -hmm. hold a beverage. Right. This ballpoint pen is for a purpose. Mm -hmm. Everything man creates is for a purpose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, too, we reflect our Heavenly Father, who's a, who's a, who's a producer, a creator. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, if the highest thing God makes is human beings, we're made in his image, he made us for a purpose. And here's what it says in Isaiah chapter 3, verse 7. It says, everyone who is called by my name, that believers, mm -hmm. whom I have created for my glory. Mm -hmm. I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7. We are created for what purpose? For his glory. Mm -hmm. That's what Tom Brady needs to know. That's what I need to know. Boy, that's, that's what all yeah, of us. If we learn to glorify God, that's when Je what Jesus says. When you pray... First thing you say is what? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yeah. That means to bring glory to God mm -hmm. with my life. Before we ask for daily bread, before we mm -hmm. ask for forgiveness, mm -hmm. before we, we say, Lord, I want to glorify you. Absolutely. I want to glorify you. Yeah. doesn't matter our age, position, ethnicity. How do we glorify God in yeah. this little lifetime, this little span of time yes. of 80 or 90 years or 100 yeah. years? What, you mean I can glorify God? You can glorify God? Yeah. yeah. How? Well, we can learn how to. That's when you go back to John chapter 15, verse 7 and 8. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will bear much fruit. Yes. By this, my Father is glorified, and you will be called my disciples. You know, and, and John, that's not, I was just thinking about that because, um, you know, so uh, should, I, should I become a missionary right now? No, I, <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm the right missionary. We talked about that, and um, in all seriousness, I think wherever our battlefield is, wherever we are, then we can glorify him. And I think that's what we talked about. Even when we had Michael Parks here, the CEO of Red Cross, mm -hmm. he talked about the fact that that, 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 that is really my ground. Uh, that, that is my battlefield where I can do his will, even though they're not a religious organization per Doesn't se. Doesn't matter, David. Doesn't matter. So mm -hmm. I, I want everybody to hear that. Mm -hmm. And even in, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, so what I've been trying to do is keep that in mind when we're dealing with other people mm -hmm. that want to come in. And you can do it in every aspect. Mm -hmm. um, the challenge is sometimes when you have a business situation or you're in work, mm -hmm. dealing with your emotions about the work experience and remembering, uh, think about how Christ would handle the situation. Mm -hmm. That's where it gets hard because most of the problem I have is my pride, which then give, draws to anger and builds, and then I forget this whole thing I'm supposed to glorify. Mm. So anyway, but I was just thinking of that quote. Well, you bring up yeah. a good point. Grow where you're planted. Yeah. In other words, grow where... It, the whole thing, ministry, religion, uh, occupations, careers, that's secondary. Mm -hmm. Your first thing is, who are you in Christ? We are really big, in, especially in the West, right. to define us by what we do. You meet somebody, and what do you, what's the first thing you say after you ask the name? What do you do? Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. That's why when a person loses their identity of what they do, mm. like in the stock market crash mm -hmm. in 1929, when they lost their identity of, of what they did, what were they doing? They're jumping out of buildings. Yeah. 2008. Their, their yeah, whole identity was, yeah. was locked up with yeah. what they did. Right. It's not about what we do. It's who we are. Yes. Then what, See, doing flows out of, of being. Mm -hmm. then, then we can do whatever God called a real estate agent, a maintenance man, a doctor, a dentist. It doesn't matter. But are we doing it to the glory of God? That's the critical yeah. issue. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Uh, God has different callings. Once you realize, uh, there's three ways to look at what we do in this planet. A job, 
a career or a vocation. Mm. A job is just somewhere you put in time, you get X amount of dollars. You're exchanging time for money. Career, you say, hey, I'm investing in this, I'm learning, I'm going to grow, I'm going to get promoted. But a vocation, you have a sense God has called me to this. Mm -hmm. He's placed me here. He's called me to be a maintenance man at a junior high school. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it to the glory of God. Amen. 19th, 20th century, there was an Oxford scholar who loved English literature. He taught classes, but he studied the scripture. And he was considered one of the greatest Christian apologists of ever by the name of C.S. Lewis. Mm -hmm. There was a little Sunday school teacher by the name of Edward Kendall, who at one time going down the streets of Chicago, had it on his heart to witness to a shoe salesman. He, he didn't fear trepidation, he went in there, he shared it, and that was D.L. Moody. Oh, <laughs> what no. I'm saying is, little tugboats bring great ships into port. That, amen to that. It's the yeah. little people. Yeah. Yeah. It's the little people. Right. In the kingdom of God, I have a hunch that in glory, I mean, when we get to heaven, yes. may get the reward. Because what they did... They did to the glory of God. And so the whole, yeah, the whole reason you see those changes, when you think about James mm -hmm. following his brother, he thought he was a lunatic when he was alive. Paul, uh, you know, um, following Christ. You think about the disciples who, even though they were going to get persecuted severely, Peter was hung upside down. He didn't change his story. Yeah. So there, this wasn't a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. You know, 500 people saw Christ in different parts of the empire the same day mm -hmm. after the resurrection. When I hear all that stuff, you know, to me, and then the fact that he came down in humanly form, I, I, I got to get with the program, and that's what I realized. I'm late to the game, mm -hmm. but I still can play the game. Absolutely. And so there's time for me and my family and for people that we can we can touch yeah. and uh and so i think it's just very important john but this is so important if he came down onto the cross for us yeah we got to glorify him yeah. but you're not glorifying a man you're glorifying god yeah right mm. there's no way he could have done the things he did mm -hmm. between the miracles walking on water you know uh, the resurrection coming through walls uh mm -hmm. you know dancing around after he was uh you know put on a cross yeah, you know, it's, it doesn't even make his sense. words alone, David. Yes. When you look at the Sermon on the Mount, yes. or the, the 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 parable in Luke right. fifteen of the prodigal son, right. that's considered one of the greatest short stories ever written, even right. secular, because it's contained drama. It's got mm -hmm. conflict. It's right. got resolution and redemptive themes, and it's just short. Mm -hmm. But Jesus gave us these gems, these jewels. We still quote him, even. Unbelievers will cite the Good Samaritan, you know, or some Absolutely. something that Jesus taught. Yeah. What I'm getting at is, yeah. he changed the whole course of human history. Yeah, sure did. Nothing has ever been the same yeah. since he didn't own a home. No. He mm. didn't write a book. He didn't lead an army. You know, we're going to celebrate his birthday in a little yes. over a month. Yeah. Even when I lived in Bangkok, they decorated the department stores with a Christmas theme. They wow. didn't know what it was about, but they weren't doing it they, for the king, yeah. or they weren't doing it about George yeah. Washington or Gandhi yeah. or. Uh, Napoleon, mm -hmm. they were doing it for this person who lived 2,000 years called Jesus. What's the deal? And look at the way he did it. When you take a look at emperors, Napoleon, and all these other folks, you know, you can go ahead and get territory mm -hmm. with the sword, with a machine gun, with a tank. Mm -hmm. But then what happens? The people rebel, and you eventually see everything get pulled back, like the Romans, like Napoleon, like every Hitler, like everybody else. Mm -hmm. He came in with no sword. No physical sword, hmm. uh, only the the cloth on his back with love. You know, yeah. I, and and not to not to digress, but when I was younger, I always looked at Mother Teresa, 
when I think of, you know, somebody that I thought was similar to Christ mm -hmm. in a lot of ways mm -hmm. and how she would go into these disease-ridden homes and mm -hmm. walk out with nothing. Mm -hmm. She was healthy. She was maybe 90 pounds. Mm -hmm. and, and just the way she administered love like Christ and look at the impact that he has had just by administering love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Jesus said, yeah. the meek shall inherit the earth. Right. Mm -hmm. There's never been someone meeker than Jesus. But look at today. 2.3 billion people I know. on this planet, some way, somehow, name the name of Jesus. I'm not Ooh. saying they're all Christians. I'm just saying 2.3 yeah. billion. That's one-third. One-third, almost one-third of humanity. And it's grown every year. And it's growing, yeah, especially right. if you see what's going on in China, yes. South Korea, the Philippines, parts of South yes. America. We tend to just view the lens through the American yeah, little yeah, yeah, yeah. peephole, so to speak. You know, we say, well, this is yeah. the undecline or this is rising. But worldwide... Uh, this Christmas, the Bible is going to be the best seller, yeah. like it always is. And, you know, these other books, even these famous atheists, God Delusion, God is Not Great by Hawkins. Yeah. I always tell people the problem with these books, they don't have much of a shelf life. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said the Bible has been around here for thousands of years. Yeah. It's not going away. Mm -hmm. We go away. Yeah. It stays. It stays. You know, it remains the same. That's why yeah. to get the word of God in us, to start pulling this to a close, mm -hmm. is to get something eternal into us. Yeah. Remember when Mary and Martha, Jesus was talking in their house in yeah. Bethany? Absolutely. And, and it says, Mary's sitting at his feet listening to him martha's running around what does martha say to jesus do you remember do you see mary just sitting here i'm, I'm preparing yeah. i'm working what's the deal here he yeah. says yeah. lord do yeah. you not care do you not never care? say that this is what person you want to say that to. <laughs> he says lord do you not care and he says mary mary you trouble yourself with many, many. things mary has chosen the best thing singular <laughs> because at that moment yeah. he was teaching the word of god Absolutely. what she was doing was important but you know the problem with our lives? We do many things. Yeah. We forget about the one thing. Yep. You know, we forget that That's is the, getting the Word of God in our lives and allow it to transform That's us. Good. But yeah. you know, we, the, the, we live in a world of many things. Right. And I think this is one of the biggest culprits why people don't come to Christ. I think number one is distraction mm. and number two is delay. Yes. I mean, people quote this sin, that sin, but I think number one is distraction, distraction. and number two is mm -hmm. we're on this merry-go-round, mm -hmm. and we're just going day by day, and if I get this, I get that, maybe I can get a better car. And we're thinking, not bad things necessarily, but we just delay, we delay, we're distracted, we delay, and one day is our last day. Wow. You know, John, uh, just to give you an example, I was thinking about this, you know, a friend of mine uh, was, was really overweight and he was a construction worker. And I was in construction. I had a construction company for a while and he would eat, you know, pizza, ribs, drink beer, all these other things. And he, he felt really bad. Then he got to the point where he said, you know, I got to change my life. Mm -hmm. And it was hard, but he started to eat healthy. Mm -hmm. They then had their own health food store. Mm -hmm. He probably dropped, I don't know, 70, 80, a hundred pounds. Mm -hmm. And then he realized once he started to go down that path, and was eating the good food, mm -hmm. He, it, when he touched a rib, it, it was distasteful yeah, to him. Right, right. This, this is similar to the way I'm looking at it because I'm, I'm a logical thinker. Mm -hmm. When I'm talking to people and they're so busy, they don't have the time. They, they think they want to look over the fence, but they don't want to commit the time to it. Mm -hmm. Once you start to commit the time, what I'm finding is I like, I'm starting to like to do this more and more mm -hmm. and look up stuff, even if I never use it on the show, and I'm finding myself going down the path running to see what we're going to do next week. Absolutely. So it's similar to that kind of struggle mm -hmm. you have in real life with just agreeing to devote the time and be committed to it. Yeah, right. 
You're invested. But Absolutely. once you're committed to it, what happens? It absorbs you. Mm-hmm. Right, Rhonda? That's yeah. right. It does. You want more and more. You want more. You can't get enough. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Th- th- that's where it becomes part of you. It's right. what's called the engrafted word. Let me give you, uh, close on this, but it, let, let me give you an example. If you want to learn to play the piano, let's say you don't, uh, this is called the four quadrants of habit. If you don't know how to play the piano, you don't know how, how much you don't know about not playing the piano. You just not, but if as you go to the other quadrant, if you start learning, how much you don't know. You start trying to play and you go, oh my goodness, I don't know nothing about this. And But you're aware of what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Then you go into start practicing, you get a good teacher, you're starting to learn it. Yes. Then what's happening is you're starting, you start to know what you know. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you're conscious now of what you're knowing. But the better you get at it, it becomes second nature. You don't have to even have music sheets. Now it's a sub- unconscious. You know unconsciously what you know, and that's where you're in the zone. Like a Michael Jordan shooting a three-point. He yeah. doesn't. Even, these guys don't even think about it. They just so. It's just such a part of them. So too with the Word of God, it can reach a point where it's engrafted into you, and it's a part of you. Yes. Before you never knew nothing, and all of a sudden, as you work, it, you actually you imbibed it. It becomes yes. part it of. It becomes you. easier too, doesn't it? It becomes yeah. easier to understand how all the parts. That's true with any yeah. skill set. Yeah. I don't care if it's piano or basketball. Uh-huh. If you get to that level, it's what they call you're in the zone. Yeah. It's part of you. You're one. And you're in a sense, you're not thinking. It's just, you're there. Yeah. You see what I'm but saying? You know what, it, because thinking can actually get in your way sometimes. Yeah. yeah. That is why the, the spirit of uh, distraction presents itself. That's the trick of the enemy. Because even with your walk with Christ, you can get in a zone. Oh yeah. When you're when you're 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 in prayer or when you're reading and studying the scripture, you can get into a zone, a lock in mm-hmm. to this thing called the Holy Spirit, and you're gone. And that's why yeah. distraction yes. and disfocus yeah. will present itself mm-hmm. because the enemy don't want you to get mm-hmm. there. Oh no. Mm-hmm. That's why it'll say in Romans yeah. chapter eight, as many as are led by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. what you just said, mm-hmm. the same are called the the sons of God. Or in other words, an adult, a disciple. Mm-hmm. And I want to close because I just uh, we start yeah. on the Holy Spirit. I want, yes. Here's what Jesus says, uh, chapter fourteen, verse sixteen. He says, "I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper." And he, there's the personal pronoun of the Holy Spirit, may abide with you forever. Okay? This is deity right here. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you. This is before Jesus' death and resurrection. And he will be in you. See, after his death and resurrection, he says, go and wait. And what's going to happen? I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. This is the game changer. Paul says, the greatest mystery through hidden out all the ages, Colossians chapter 1. What is it? Christ in you. Yes. The hope of glory. And the only way that could happen is because Christ allowed our sins to be forgiven, or we couldn't be that clean vessel. Yeah. And that's not religion, folks. That's a relationship with the living God. Amen. So, Wanda, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Wanda. Have a great weekend and a great holiday, everybody. Yeah, have a very happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And next week, hopefully, we're going to have a special guest and uh, a special guest after that and after that. So, we're on our way. All right, God bless all of you. Thanks again.